0: And I've asked him to share that with us. Just give us sort of highlights, recaps, whatever he can uh, share. Uh, I think it'd be great for us to hear. So let's all hear from him. Amen. As many of you
1: know, I was in Japan for the past, it was about 12 days. Um, It went by really fast, actually. While I was there, like the first three or four days just kind of meshed together. I couldn't really tell what day it was, how long I'd been there, anything. Um... But then, like, talking to all my friends there, we were like, man, we still have another eight days left here. This is going to be so long. And then, before you know it, you know, we're already on the plane back home, and it just went by so fast. But it was it was an amazing experience. Um, I don't even really know where to start. Just There was about a group of, I think, 33 students in total um, from the age of, like, 16 to about 24 with the majority of us. I think there was two thirty 30-year-olds. Um, but... We, we split up into groups a lot. So we were just in groups of maybe like six or seven in vans. And just the ministry that took place in the vans was just so powerful. Not even necessarily like ministering to the people of Japan, but just with each other. Uh, and honestly, that's, that's kind of what I went into this trip wanting was the ministry between all the other young people. I knew God would use us like in the city where we were and all the places we went to. But um, I just... I didn't know exactly how God was going to use each of us for each other, and it was just so powerful to witness and be a part of. Um, Every morning while we were there, we would go to one of the churches, and our group would have a devotion. We'd sing a couple songs, and uh, we'd hear a testimony from one of the students, and then we would just um, hear the word and have a time of uh, ministry there. And uh, the missionary there, Brother Doan, he would say something every morning after the, the devotion, and... Uh, he would lead us in prayer, and just the way that he operated in faith was just so powerful to be a part of and witness and uh, What he would do is he would he would call out specific needs that people had and um, mainly healing, and we would we would just pray for people until they were healed and um, just with the people on the trip, whether it was something simple as like their back hurting or something. Uh, there was one morning where, uh, a student's back was hurting. And so we prayed for him and he was healed. Um, and so then he would have anyone else who had back pain come up and have that person pray for them and us pray for them, you know, freely receive, freely give. And that's what he just kept saying throughout the whole week of, uh, of praying for healing. And so as a matter of fact, that same night we went into small groups, so kind of like our Wednesday night Bible study, except it was a lot smaller group, um, We split up into about four separate groups, and at the service I was at, there was a student on the trip who's had scoliosis for the past four and a half years. Uh, I figure most of you know what that is, just your spine being crooked or twisted, and um, due to that, it caused him to lean sideways, and one of his legs was like an inch longer than the other one, or inch shorter, however you want to look at it. Um, And so, when we were were just all given little testimonies, and one of the people had mentioned that his back was healed in the morning devotion... And so Brother Doan, he stopped us right there, and he had anybody who had any back pain come up to the front. And sure enough, one of the kids had scoliosis. And so we prayed for him, and he was healed in that moment for the past four and a half years. And just in that moment, like the joy that was in that place is like a joy I've never felt before. Um, obviously, it was the strong presence of God, but just the joy that swept over all of us in that place was so amazing to be a part of. and to witness. It wasn't some super long, loud prayer. It was just in faith, a few of us agreeing together, laying on of hands in faith, and he was healed. And, uh, and then he was planning on giving his testimony that night. And if he didn't have a testimony yet, he sure did at that point have a testimony after being healed in that moment. And honestly, just talking about it right now, I feel the joy that I felt in that place that night. And uh, it was just amazing to be a part of. Honestly, that was probably my highlight of the whole trip. It wasn't necessarily even some of the outreach we did. It was just being a part of that. And a uh, proof of it, too, is when we got back to the hotel and we met up with the rest of the group, uh, one of his friends from his home church, he was on the trip as well. And he was actually now taller than his friend, who he was the same height as before. So um, we didn't let the other kid hear the end of that the whole week. But anyway, it was just it was amazing to be a part of. Um, Then one day, it was, I think it was Saturday, we went to a very touristy area, um, so lots of people obviously, and we just, we had a concert set up. We handed out flyers for a couple hours, and then we had a concert for a couple more hours. um, And just the presence of God that was moving in a foreign country, like, that we can just be there and have that liberty to just sing the name of Jesus, and that's what every song we sang was. We just wanted to sing the name um, cause so many of them don't know the name. It's, it's such a spiritual place. Um, and not necessarily the good spiritual, <laughs> um, just some simple things about it is, um, all the roads there, this is crazy to think about, but all the roads are like windy and turning. And it's because they believe that spirits can only travel straight. And so if they made their roads all crooked, it will confuse the spirits and just so much superstition. Um, and honestly, being here this morning, just the liberty that's here, we had liberty there, but it just I feel so at peace here, and just the presence of God that's here is just so gentle, and there's no worry of what could you could be coming against, not that we were worrying there, but obviously you're in a completely different environment, um, surrounded by different things and so just being able to sing the name of Jesus and uh, experience the presence of God there, it was so powerful. There was a song we sang they were singing it in Japanese and it was so cool to hear because it was people of every nation and tongue. And so being in Japan, hearing them sing those words and to be a part of that was again, just an amazing experience. And uh, I'm just thankful for everything God did. And he's connected us with connected me with so many people that uh, I'm excited to see what God continues to do. Cause I don't believe for a second that I'm just was going to spend those 10 days with those people and never see them again. Um, God has a plan for it. And so, a faith in it. Um, if you don't know, I believe Life Church has been supporting Brother Doan for quite a few years now, and so to be able to witness just him there and uh, what he was doing, it was it was good to see, and it made me proud that you know Life Church supports him. And so uh, keep him in your prayer because he's doing the work of God there. He's, like I said, he's a man of faith, and he says what's ne- what needs to be said, and he doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Uh, He probably scared a bunch of us half to death the first morning just calling us out on some things. So it was good, though. It was needed. So um, I'm so glad to be back, though, and I'll have to talk to all of you personally about some of the things that happened as well. If you want to hear more, I'd love to share it. So thank you.
0: Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to dismiss our teachers at this time. Amen. God bless our teachers. Hallelujah. Now, many of you may not ever step foot in Japan, but you can go there in prayer. You can go anywhere. I've heard, I've heard amazing stories, men of God sharing and, and women of God sharing how the Lord takes them places in prayer. And it's available to all of us that would yield ourselves to that. I encourage you, continue to to let the Lord lead you in prayer for those areas all throughout the world. I know we, we do it collectively sometimes, coming together and praying over different places, different regions. But, I mean, you can be driving down I-82 and, man that spirit can go wherever you send it and accomplish whatever you send it to do when you're led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We'll dismiss our children at this time. God bless our children and our teachers. In case you can't tell, they're excited to get to go to class. Amen. Amen. I want to say thank you to those young people that uh, attended our youth rally yesterday. We had a great time getting together with children and young people from the section of uh, our part of the state here in Richland. We had a good turnout and uh many more events like that to come, I'm sure. So if you if you didn't make it to that one, just watch your calendar and keep yours open because we're going to do more, more of that. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as some do, but much the more as you see that day approaching and much the more it means you ought to be getting together with the body of Christ more frequently, not less frequently. And the body of Christ, we know, we here at Life Church in Seola represent the body of Christ, but we obviously are not the entire body of Christ. And any opportunity that we get to fellowship and come together with other parts of the body of Christ, we we look forward to those things. You never know what the Lord will do when He puts. People, The scripture says he puts members together as he sees fit. And just even as like what Brother Ethan was saying, you could be talking to somebody. You don't know anything about them, where they're from. But a spiritual connection and alignment there is example of God putting members together as he sees fit. Amen. If you have a Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4. I was able to share some of these things yesterday uh, with the young people there at the youth rally, and it hasn't left my spirit, so I want to speak a little bit about this. In Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 9, and we're going to read a couple of verses here in this passage. Philippians 4 and 9. Now, if, if you don't know, Paul the Apostle wrote the book of Philippians. He wrote this book to the church in a place called Philippi. Those in Philippi are called Philippians, and the church in Philippi is the church of Philippians. So he wrote this book to those people after he had been sent by God to their city to establish that church and that work. He was the apostle sent from God to their city. So he brought men and women together and he established a church work. And then he, we find here his writing back to them years later, addressing things that have come up since and then reminding them of some of the things that they encountered while he was there. This is probably... Um, one of the simplest verses, what I called him was Pastor Paul in this, in this setting. Because when you see this verse and these, these things that he shares, he's basically telling the church, do what I do. And that's, uh, that's a, that's a uh, if, you're, if you're just looking for what to do, it's nice to hear. But if you try to put yourself in Paul's shoes, it's kind of scary. Man, I'm telling these people to do what I do? But so he says here, verse 9, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. Everybody say do. Do what you've seen me do. Do what you've heard and received and learned of me. The things that I do, do those things. This is Pastor Paul talking to the church. And, and you know, he, he went there. He walked in their city. He ministered to them. Many of them he won to God through his ministry. And he's telling them, what you've seen me do, just do that. And he says, and the God of peace shall be with you. If you do what I do the way that I do it, the God of peace will be with you. If you need the God of peace to be with you, this is all you got to do. What you've seen me do. And he's not making it too difficult there. He's not making it too challenging. You want peace? You want the God of peace? I have the God of peace. Do what I do. And he'll be with you. Look back to verse 8. Because he's going to give us a little bit of a clue as to how he does what he does. That's a brief intermission for me. So he says... Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. He's given a list here of adjectives, things that are one of these adjectives. Things that are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. Think on these things. Now, when you know that the next verse, he's going to tell them what you've seen and heard and received and learned from me. Do those things and the God of peace will be with you. Then you realize he's given you insight. He's giving us insight into what things he does how I re- was able to receive from him, what, what I learned from him, by, th- by what he thinks about, what he allows himself to think about. Everybody say peace. If you are thinking about something that's not true, you will not have peace. If you are thinking about something that's not Honest, you will not have peace. If you're thinking about something that's not pure, you're not going to have peace. That's why he lists these things and says, think on these things. I was, I think it was Wednesday night of this past week, I was in the car with my wife, and I started to think about things that had no foundation in truth. I don't just one thought came and I was thinking no that's not right. But see the problem is if you think that and then you start to entertain that thought or just think on it as the scripture says, thinking about something that you know is not true leads down a road you don't want to go down. Because you I'm sorry to have to admit this to you, but you don't have full control of your mind all the time. There are thoughts, there are things that would enter your mind. And what you have to do is after it's in your mind, choose what you're going to do about it. I mean... You want, to prove, you want proof of that, that you're not in complete control of your mind. Nobody think about a Coca-Cola sign for a minute. You just pictured red and white and letters in cursive, didn't you? You weren't able to control that because I prompted that thought in your mind. Now... If, you, ooh, if you're fasting Coca-Cola, I don't think anybody in here is, but if you're fasting that and I just tempted you with it, what you have the choice to do is decide I'm pushing that out. Ooh, get behind me, Coca-Cola. <laughs> I'm pushing it out of my mind. I, that's, a, that's an opportunity to decide am I thinking on it or am I not thinking on it. I couldn't control the fact that there was a thought that entered this mind through outside influence. But I can control, oh, just the crack of the can, the fizz, the nice temperature, loving all of it. If you don't know, I love Coke. I'm preaching to myself right now. (laughs) But, see, I'm allowing myself to think about all these thoughts that go along with that. When I could have just said, "Nope, iced tea, water," nope, p- replace that. That's that. Uh, you, this sounds like I'm making it really simple. I know, but that is how you control the thoughts in your mind and think how you think on things that are true, honest, pure, lovely, good report, or how you think on things that are not. Any of those things. If. I love how it says. If there be any praise. Th- th- those last two are conditional things. If. Whatsoever things are true. There are things that are true. It's, it's, it's certain. It's truth. There, are tr- there is truth. So if you have to. Just think on truth. But the last two, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Now, I know Brother Lewis well enough to know that I could praise him over certain things. He is a hard worker. He is a great friend. He has a prayer life. I I appreciate those things. And so I know that they are there. But conditionally... If I get a blockage between he and I, I am not thinking about that praise. I'm not thinking about those virtuous things that are in him. I'm thinking about, oh, I just, if he would only just, if he wouldn't do this, if he, but see, if you have to work, through, you have to navigate in your mind to think on the praise. To think on the virtue. I meant, yesterday I mentioned this. There are so many preachers, and I admittedly have been one of them, that, that can spend a lot of time telling us what not to do. Or at least trying to get across, implying if you just don't do this. But this scripture, I love it, it takes the opposite approach. What to do. Just like Paul said in the, in the other verse, following verse, what you've seen in me, do those things. It, it, it's a positive spin, if you will. I'm telling you right now, if you just leave church today, and you go throughout this week and exercise this verse and say, I am only going to think about what's pure, what's honest, what's positive your week will not look like it did last week or how it has been up to this point. But see, we have to choose to exercise these things. But the scripture is very clear. Think on these things. It's where you let your mind spend its time. Look at verse 7. We're working our way up. The scripture's here. So in verse 9, he says, do what I do, and God, the God of peace will be with you. In verse 8, he says, think about the right things. In verse 7, he says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I've heard that passage, that that phrase, peace that passes understanding. I've heard that so much in my life. But when you really think about what it means, what it means is you have to have peace that you don't understand. If you want God's peace, you're not always going to understand it. You're not always going to be able to reason it. That's the problem. We we live in this realm, where we need to be able to reason things, and if it, if it's in if it can be in my understanding, I can have I can have total peace with it. I just as long as if God would roll out the list of issues I'm going to face, and then I'll also roll out the list the the list of answers and 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 ways solutions that He's going to give me to solve them. That's great. I can understand that. Picture this was a. Uh, elementary exercise. I remember doing this so many, so much in my my schooling as a child. They'd have a, a list of either words or pictures, and then associate it with the, what's in the other column. You know, and you got to draw a line to what's red, and you got to draw a line to what's pink, and you got to, and then you or you circle it or whatever. And what you're doing is you're exercising your understanding. And if you see the word on the left column blue then you know there's going to be a picture of something in the right column that's blue. And what you're doing is you're exercising your understanding. Or with children, we're teaching them understanding. I'm sorry to tell you, life is not always elementary to that degree. Because the peace of God passeth or surpasses, is higher than, greater than, over My understanding. So, the peace of God passes. What what this really means and is telling me with telling me is I have to be I have to be okay with things that I don't understand, if I really want His peace. It's hard for us to hear sometimes. There are things in your life that you will not understand. Nope, see ya. I don't want to sign up for that. I need to be able to know everything that's going on. Okay, but you just won't have the peace of God. Is that too harsh? Because His peace passes my understanding. But you know what it does? The peace of God, which passeth understanding, shall keep. Everybody say keep. keep. Say it again. Keep. keep. Keep your heart and keep your mind. I love this because we just talked about in verse 8, your mind and what you think about and the things that you allow yourself to think about. And we even use that example of your mind is susceptible to outside influence, but to keep means to guard and protect and shelter against outside influence. Outside, actually what it means, it, there's a, there is a military uh, equivalent to the word keep. It's to, when it says to guard, really what it means, if you just picture a soldier, he is guarding something. That is what the peace of God is doing to your mind. He, first of all, he's preventing outside, or what, what this, that actual word means is hostile invasion. He's on guard, watching out for hostiles. The peace of God over your mind. I used this term just this week. I asked someone to keep me in prayer. And I admit to you, before I had understanding of this verse, I didn't even know fully what I was asking that person to do. I just meant, pray for me. Hopefully. I need it. Pray for me. Please. But to keep in prayer is to exercise this understanding. I am praying a, we use this term, hedge around the thing that I'm praying for, the person that I'm praying for. To keep it. It's working to prevent hostile invasion in your mind, in your heart. Now, the other thing that, that the guard does, that the military guard does, if we go and the country, if our country joins itself in a, in a war over another territory, and we go and we win, We're successful. We accomplish our goals. You know that we don't pull out 100% of our troops. We leave some there. After we've won the victory, we leave some there. Can you believe that? There's a reason why. First of all, they're doing what we just talked about. They're not going to allow another invasion to come back in. But what they're also going to do is protect the things that we just fought To win, to protect those things, it's putting the. It's kind of like this: you put a shield around something so that nothing can hit it. That's why we have a windshield on our car. Otherwise, we'd all have bugs in our teeth right now. But that what that does is it prevents the outside forces. But it also does another thing: it keeps what's inside from getting out you have children in the car you don't want them getting out if you have adults in the car you might want them to get out i don't know <laughs> but with the, those safety precautions those safety measures are taken are there in place to allow projectiles to not leave you watch a crash test dummy you know they, they he's going to hit the windshield got to make that thing strong but this, this is what the peace of God is doing to my mind and to my heart in keeping it. It's not going to let me wander as long as I'm exercising it, as long as I've got it there. You know what he's... He, 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 picture the peace of God as the guard here and back here is, is your mind and your thoughts. And you got this one crazy thought out of nowhere that wants to go think on something that's not true. Get back. Get back. I'm keeping you. That's the peace of God. Keeping my mind. Keeping my heart. If I find myself wandering, pondering, thinking on things that are not true, what I need to do immediately is stop and find the peace of God. Whatever, however that looks like, whatever that looks like. That's what I've got to do because it's what's missing. It's what's allowing me to get outside of that guard, outside of that protection. And when I'm out there, I am completely susceptible to all those things that he was keeping me from. This is, you're going to think this is funny. My mind just gave me this mental picture of a cartoon that we watched with the kids. about There was a lion in captivity and there's hunters trying to get this. It, 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 there's a fence there. And if he can get him right outside the, the, the reserve, then they can take them hostage or whatever they're going to do with it. But so they throw a rope in, meat tied on the string. Some of you know what movie I'm talking about, I bet. And they're pulling that string back. Because as long as he's on that side of the fence, I can't do anything to him. I can't touch him. But as soon as he crosses over this line, this is my territory. This is enemy territory. And he's unsafe. You don't think that the enemy of our soul knows that, uses that? Yeah, I can't get in there because he's got the peace of God. He's got the spirit of God protecting him, protecting, shielding his mind. But maybe if I can just dangle enough of a lure, enough of a temptation right there on the edge. Get him to come out, get her to come out right out beyond the edge of that protection. Boom, I got him because I can I can. Watch over. I, I, can, I can work in this territory. Think about Job. It says Satan approached God. God says, what have you been up to? I know you're up to no good. Tell me what kind of no good you've been up to. Well, I've been looking for someone. I've been hunting. I've been, I've been on the prowl. And can you believe it? God offers up. Job, have you gone Job's way? Have you you considered my servant Job is what King James says. But what what God says is, I got one for you. God wouldn't do that to me. No, really? He wouldn't allow me to be tested, really? He did it to Job. He says, have you considered my servant Job? Satan says, Light bulb. Okay, let's go for it. I like this. Give me the green light. I'm going to go after him. Okay, go after him. You can do anything you want to him. You just can't take his life. First thing he says is you just can't touch his body physically. No physical harm is allowed to come to him. But whatever else you need to do, go for it. So boy, does he go for it. He brings about all of this calamity, all these terrible tragedies around Job. Trying to get Job to slip outside of that shelter, of that defense, of that keeping of the, of the Spirit of God on his life. And it doesn't work. He goes back to God. Satan goes back to God. No, no. You, you tricked me. I took his children. I took his livelihood. I did all those things. But, but no, you, well, you tricked me because you knew that he wasn't going to cave to that. Because you wouldn't let me touch him physically. No physical harm on him. God says, okay, go ahead, put some physical harm on him, we're really going to test him now, so he goes back, boils head to toe, man, I'm telling you what, you wake up with a headache sometimes, be thankful you're not covered in boils head to toe, that headache, you pray for it, hopefully it'll pass. But God was testing Job severely. Satan's working there, doing that stuff. Trying to get him back into the enemy territory. Still doesn't work. That is the peace of God keeping Job. Keeping his mind, keeping his heart. Because God did not say to Satan, all right, you just you can go into his heart, you can rearrange things. Nope, that belongs to me. The soul belongs to me. That's why we have to think on the right things. Because I, if I can push out and push out and push out and know that I'm not going to give in to that dishonest thought, I'm not going to allow myself to dwell on it, to think on it. Instead, I'm going to find what's true. I'm going to find where I can give praise. I'm going to do those things. Then I'm, I, what I'm doing is I am allowing God to continue to be The keeper of my mind. The keeper of my heart. I want you to look at one more verse. It's verse 6. Told you we were working our way backwards here. Philippians 4 and 6. Still Pastor Paul talking to the church at Philippi. And in this verse, again, he's leading all the way down to verse 9 where he says, just do what I do. But he's, he's setting them up by saying, here's something that I do. Here's something that I do. Here's what I allow myself to think about. Here's what I don't allow. Here's how I know that I've got the peace of God keeping me. And in verse 6, he says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. And before you think that means, okay, we can live without any rules, that's not what that means. Cares, in this, in this instance, it's talking about don't have any cares. Don't have any cares. Don't let your mind, here we go again, talking about our minds, don't let your mind worry about anything. I love it when the scripture says words like nothing. Because whatever it is that I'm dealing with or thinking about or going through, I can allow it to fit into that category because it is a thing. So be careful for nothing. Don't worry about one thing. But in everything. Here we go again. Nothing, everything, nothing, everything. You tell me something that doesn't fit into that category. In everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Everything, let your, your requests be made known. We're working our way to peace. We're working our way down to having the peace of God protect us and keep us and be with us. This is a key right here. And everything, in everything, have prayer and supplication, and, and let that request be made known to God. There's one thing I want to point out here. There's not any word demand in this verse. That's a key difference. It doesn't say, Let your demands be made known to God. It says, let your requests because I can't go to him and say, here's my list of demands. I need a six-figure salary. I need a car that runs on air. I need... <laughs> Brother Rigo's laughing. He, he's a mechanic. He wants one of those, I know. <laughs> I need a car that runs on air so I don't have to worry about putting any gas in it. don't have to worry even about charging it. Just give me the, the nicest, coolest, whatever it is. That's my demand. Oh, you know, I want my spouse to always be nice to me. That's my demand. I want my children to obey the first time. Those, Nope. I get to list those as requests. Let your requests be made known to God. But you know what? It is a request. You're not going to get to have everything that you request, but you are going to enter a mindset of, I want this. I'd like this. It would be great if, but if not, I still have your peace. I still have the peace from you because I know you're going to keep me. You're going to keep my mind. You're going to keep my heart, whether I get the thing that I request or not. And it says, let it be made known through prayer. Let it be made known through prayer. If this, this, this should help somebody right here. If you never know what to pray for. If you think I would pray, but every time I go to prayer, I just can't think of anything. To pray about. Remember this verse. And just start dreaming. Just start. It would be great if. It's kind of like giving God a blank check. Here's what, you know, whatever you want to give me would be awesome. Let's start with. And if it's not that whatever it is that you want to fulfill however you want to fulfill that but what i'm doing is i'm spending time in prayer not demanding requesting i don't i know every single person in this room has heard the term prayer request right We don't call them prayer demands. That should help some people. We call them prayer requests because we go to God, as the scripture says, with prayer and supplication. And we let our requests be made known. And then we want to get all upset and bent out of shape when he doesn't do the thing that I just prayed and asked him to do. Really, is that because you took a demand to him instead? Because that's really the only way you get to be upset. He is God. He is the supreme being. If we don't don't understand that and can't come come to terms with that, the rest of this scripture is going to be pretty difficult. But if I can know, I'm going to let my request be made known to you. And I've already settled the peace issue. This is 2019. Last presidential election was 2016. 2015-ish is when they have what those awesome things called the primary debates. Remember those? When there's a Republican president, the Democrats have their primary debates. When there's a Democratic president, the Republicans have their, their Republican primary debates. It's when they put up how many? 10, 15, 20 candidates... And basically, just let them duke it out verbally. That's all that's going on. If you didn't know, we're coming up on the next election. It's going to be the Democratic turn to have their debates. During that time, as I was reading, I think it was news headlines or whatever. You you see a picture, and you just see a stage full of men and women standing at podiums. And the country is just scared to death. Oh, I hope it's not so-and-so. It better not be such-and-such. Can you believe that they would allow? And you want to talk about turmoil going on in somebody's life if they allow themselves to be given over to that. See, what if I, would, if I could just throw verse 8 at them and say, Here, think about this instead. That would solve a lot of problems right there. And no, we're not going down the list and saying, well, he's true and he's not. And she said this and it's a lie. No, not, that's not what I'm talking about. You, what you allow yourself to think on, is it true? Not based off of what somebody said, but what the word of God says. The word of God is true. We know that. Amen. If I think on those things, if I learn those things, put them in my mind and in my spirit, I've got truth to think on. So, so last time around, it, we've got these candidates up there, and uh, boy, it can get rough. It can get ugly. You think this is just politics? It's not just politics. Because what it's going to do is divide you and your neighbor. It's going to divide you and your coworker. You and your friend for years. These types of divisive nature work at that level. This up here going on on the platform is just, just a tool for that. But I felt, I felt these words from God as I watched all that before we even knew who was going to be the elected person or any of that. I said, no matter. Who the candidate is, I have peace. I don't care if it's him, him, her, her, whoever it is. I have peace. And then it gets whittled down to one. And it's one against another. A few years go by. A year and a half. And the same thing comes over me again. No matter if it's this one or this one. I have peace because I have allowed the peace of God to keep me, to guard me, my mind and my spirit. Violet's not in here today, is she? I was going to use her as an example before your volleyball tournament. Before the match, if I win or if I lose, I have peace. Going into a huge meeting with my boss, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Whether we talk about this or not, I have peace. Whether the conversation goes there or not, I have peace. Peace is about the only thing that I should allow to be preemptive in my life. Anything else that's preemptive, preemptive, meaning before we even go there, I'm going to I'm going to send this out. (laughs) Oh, but the peace is what I should be sending out. What I, I want him to go before me. And be my guard, be my keeper. So it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why don't you stand with me? I think it would be good if we just allow ourselves an opportunity to exercise this a little bit. Let your requests be made known to God. Brother Ethan, I'd like to invite you to play. Come on, why don't you just take a minute and talk to the Lord? Jesus, we need your peace over our minds. God, whatever it is that we're going to face in the coming days, in the coming weeks, months, years, Jesus, we need your peace first and foremost. God, we want to allow it right now to guard our mind. We want to allow it to guard and keep our heart, our spirit, our mind. Jesus, whatever the answer is, we need your peace. Whatever your response is, Lord, we need your peace. God, I want to be like Job. I want to know that I can withstand a test, withstand a trial, Lord, and know that I'll come through it with peace because you are my keeper. You are the guard of my mind and my spirit. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to open this altar right now. I encourage you, find a place to pray. Let the Lord deal with these things in us.
2: breath that I take every moment
0: Hesitant to share this story with you Because it's so embarrassing to me But I want to I Give you an example of something Back before Smartphones really started Coming around uh, This is before I was married Even And I was <laughs> This is just an example, okay I was dating a girl and I was jealous of her liking another young man. Oh Lord, this is embarrassing. Um, on the on, on the calendar, uh, the we I, I can't remember the details exactly how this worked because it was before, like I said it was before, before smartphones, but we could sync up our phones. And, and, and our calendars. And there, there was a date on the calendar. I knew that it was the other guy's birthday. And I was thinking, why would she even mark his birthday on her calendar? I mean, is she going to Buy him am a present, you know, she, should, she shouldn't be thinking one thought about him. But I started to think on that. And here's the next thing I thought. I wonder if she marked next year's birthday for him, too. And I looked, and sure enough, that date was highlighted on her calendar. And I thought, no. What about the next year? The next year was marked. And I don't know how much time I wasted. and I don't know how far into the future I got looking at that date on the calendar and realizing that it was marked every year. And I don't know how much longer time passed before I realized that you could set recurring events on your calendar. But I had myself convinced that this girl was so infatuated with this other young man that she was going out into the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, and every year. You see, that's, that doesn't make any sense to our minds. But when you allow yourself to think on something, just starting with something simple as that, it can run you so far off in the direction of what's untrue to where it's not even founded in reality anymore. But you have allowed yourself to think on that and you've allowed yourself to step outside of the protection of God's peace, keeping your mind. (coughs) And peace is the furthest thing from your mind in a moment like that. You 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 get so off base, you don't even know which way is up. When you find yourself in that situation, you got to go back to these scriptures. What what am I allowing myself to think about? See, oftentimes we don't we don't make that change and that turn on our own. It takes some kind of reality smacking you upside the head. Oh yeah, that's. Oh, that, that's nothing. That's not, even, that's not even what I thought it was. But we need, we need the peace of God. Especially when we find ourselves in situations that are completely outside of the truth. <coughs> Why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your peace that you've made available to each one of us. We thank you, God, for reaching out to us today with peace, with understanding, Lord, with trust in you. I pray, Lord, as we leave, let us continue to put our faith in you. God, let us know your word that we would not follow another, Lord Jesus, that we would not give ourselves over, Lord, to anything untrue, anything based out of, Lord, unbelief or untruth, God. But we want every aspect of our life to be founded in truth, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to greet one another, and you're dismissed, in Jesus' name.